This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to you by your new best friend, Dwayne the Pet Rock Johnson. Can you smell what this friendship is cooking? How about hours and hours of real rock wrestling fun? Make your rock stand out with removable eyebrows. Be the envy of your old friends as you carry around your new pal in a stylish fanny pack adorned with the face of your rock's namesake. Find out why it's the people's choice and get your very own Dwayne the Pet Rock Johnson today. everybody and welcome back to another episode of kaiju weekly the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies i am your host travis and with me as always is my co-host steven hello everyone well steven we have a action-packed full to the brim episode this week so we need to Mm -hmm. jump straight into the news and i was i wanted to ask you can we save the big story, you know, the big thing that everybody's mm-hmm. wanting to talk about for the last thing that we do. And sure, let's sure. get let's knock out some of these smaller things before we get to it. Sounds good. All right. So what's the news in the world of giant monster movies? Well, I I really couldn't find too much outside of our big story, but uh, I did want to kind of touch on this because in doing research for my other podcast that I do, I came across an interesting morsel that I felt was better suited to speak about here because I felt like it could be mm-hmm. interesting for those fans, but at the same time, I feel like it's more suited for the kaiju fans because they would want to know because I would assume that everyone listening knows what a Pokemon is. But I'm not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna swear to it because yeah. you know some people just don't they they don't care. I understand. I get it. But <laughs> for the most part, I would assume yes, everybody knows what a Pokemon is. Especially if you're a kaiju fan, you're aware of that. Even though you might not know every 800 and whatever number they're up to now. Yeah. But being a casual fan, I did play with you know certain Pokemon, and I would give them famous kaiju names like my Butterfree would be Mothra and the Venomoth <laughs> would be Batra. So I thought you know that's cool because it's kind of like a Pokemon, it's kind of like a kaiju. Yeah. Um, however, it was unearthed this week that Godzilla was almost a Pokemon. I say almost because you can kind of get into the wishy-washy business of it, but. Looking through early designs of the original game, uh, game and character designer Ken Sugimori had sketched out a character that he dubbed Godzillante. Oh, wow. I hope I'm saying it the way he he meant it. Um, He said that he, I guess trying to remember why he sketched this out and even because he named it Godzillante. Uh, he said this was probably created to kind of il- illustrate the game mechanics in some way, I guess, to say, like, well, here's here's a little one, and then, oh, they get bigger, and it's a Godzillante now. Ah. So huh. I'm assuming it's in that regard. Huh. Um, however, it was noted that the design that he created can actually be seen in the games. It's like a uh, small dinosaur doll that if the character... Again, if you don't know Pokemon, it's okay. I'm going to mm. explain it. 
there's a move called Substitute where it swaps out a Pokemon with a doll, and the doll huh. is that design. Oh, uh, okay. So he's technically in the game. Godzilla's kind of in the game in a, in a manner of speaking. So there you go. It's fun little huh. trivia fact for you. Yeah, that's kind of cool because uh, I, I know about Pokemon and mm-hmm. I know about the games, but I've never played any of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of news to me and I've never, you know, I don't, I didn't know anything about it. So yeah, that, that's really cool. Yeah. But, uh, beyond that, no, I have nothing else. I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit that I found and I thought it'd be perfect for, for this news than it would our other news. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so, um, as far as other news is concerned, I've got a few things in the world of Ultraman. Ultraman. So, it was announced recently that Marvel Comics and uh, Tsuburaya are going to be partnering up to produce new Ultraman comics in 2020. Woohoo! Now, I have a little bit of a rant to go on with this. Okay. But before I do that, I want to get your opinions on it, your feelings on this. How do you feel about this news that... Ultraman is coming to Marvel Comics in 2020. I feel that today, the way the comics are being done, I don't feel that the artists and the creators behind them, the writers, they're not pumping out these comics just to to ca- uh, capitalize on a brand. Because back in the 70s and 80s, when you would see Godzilla comics and, and anything like that, they were very simplistic stories. They really didn't dig deep into the mythos of the characters and they would just be like well it's it's godzilla and oh look he's fighting a monster oh that's cool and then sometimes even in godzilla comics when marvel did them they would clash them with some of their large kaiju that they kind of have right so with this and we've seen it with with what i think it's idw uh, is doing mm-hmm. with godzilla comics they really mm-hmm. put in deep lore into these characters saying we we are fans of this stuff. We want to tell this story as if it was continuing on what had been done uh, prior in the movies and so forth. So I feel that as a if if you're an Ultraman fan, the people who are behind this are probably fans as well, and they're going to take extra special care of the characters, the stories. They're not going to. They might. I don't want to say they'll they'll retcon a lot, but if if they right. can tweak it just a little bit to kind of fit their narrative, they'll probably make a few changes here and there. But I wouldn't imagine it would be anything drastic. So I feel that as if you're an Ultraman fan, they're going to do the comic justice. That would be right. my assessment at this time. Yeah, and I do feel the same way. I feel like there is enough people working at Marvel right now as far as writers and creators and editors who do respect source material enough that they're going to do a decent job with this. I don't think Subaraya would have agreed to partner with Marvel if Marvel didn't have a plan that mm-hmm. they brought to the table saying this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. So I think it's a good idea. I kind of like it. Personally, I would have preferred a different company besides Marvel. I would have actually preferred Boom Studios or 
Oni Press, you know, one of those other publishers. But I do mm-hmm. understand why they went with Marvel because right. Marvel is worldwide. Marvel is a huge brand. And mm-hmm. if you're talking about, and it seems like Subaraya's goal for 2020 is everyone in the world find out who Ultraman is and be aware of who Ultraman is. Mm-hmm. Like where they're trying to expand the brand out to reach people that have never seen or heard of Ultraman and Marvel comics is the one to do it True. because with their partnership with Disney, love it or hate it, they can reach more people. Now, now do you feel that uh, this partnership would possibly fold over into Disney? Not necessarily saying that Disney would get their hands on that pie, but maybe say what they did with the Netflix series. If, if say if that hadn't happened, that they would have possibly filtered that into their Disney plus service. I doubt that's going to happen, but I'm just hypothetical. I wouldn't put it past them because Mm -hmm. Disney is the kind of company that's like, well, we'll go ahead and take everything and do everything in house. But at the same time, I'm not fully aware of how their business practices work. But from what I've heard and read, the comics side of Marvel kind of does operate independently from yes. mm-hmm. Disney. Um, you know, they still have to answer to Disney. Disney still will insist on them doing certain things. But for the most part, they do act independently. And when I read the news story about this, Subaraya was partnering with Marvel Comics, not Disney right. slash Marvel. It was Marvel Comics. So I mm-hmm. think that this is just the comic book side of things. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I think this is just the, the comic side of things. I, I don't okay. think because it seems like because uh, we, we've already heard announcement about season two of the Netflix anime. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there is a new movie that's being uh, produced right now um, in fact we have a little bit of news about that and uh, there's more news about another uh, Ultraman series uh, animation uh, coming up so I think this is just the comic books now my rant that I <laughs> that I wanted to go on a little bit here I saw a lot of hate for this news on the really? internet Yes, I saw a lot, and and a lot from people that I respect, and I respect their opinion and stuff, but a lot of the hate that I saw was from people who have never read or don't read comic books right now. Okay. And they hear Marvel, and they automatically think of Disney, Marvel, this big, huge you know, entity that's trying to take over the world. Right. And I'm not saying that's not a fair, you know, assessment of, of Marvel and, and Disney. And I'm not saying that Marvel is a perfect company. I mean, uh, what was it just a couple of years ago? They had a partnership with, uh, the weapons manufacturing company. What? (laughs) Oh, you didn't hear about that? No, Uh, that slipped by my radar. What was the, um, uh, something in Gromit. What's that? What's that? Um, they Wallace they... and Gromit. No, not Wallace and Gromit. Um, <laughs> the... Oh shoot, I, I'm not gonna be able to remember. There's a there's a um an arms manufacturing company uh, here in the United States that 
uh, Marvel had partnered with to produce a comic book based around their stuff. Now, they develop other hmm. technologies and stuff, too. They don't just right. do arms manufacturing. But they also built the system that for the Tomahawk missiles and stuff that right. are being used to fight wars and kill people and stuff. And so people were like, um, Marvel's number one superhero that's like the most bankable superhero right now in the movies is mm-hmm. Tony Stark, who is a reformed arms dealer or right. arms manufacturer. And you're producing, you know, this, this uh, you're partnering with this. And it was just in very bad taste and so they end up canceling the whole thing. But that happened a f- uh, just a couple of years ago. So I'm not saying that Marvel is the best company. And, and I'm not saying that I agree with all their business practices. But as far as the comic books are concerned, Marvel is producing some decent comic books. Sure, yeah. They have a lot of great, talented writers and artists working for them. And they have some excellent excellent books out there so if you are the type of person who doesn't read comic books and you just automatically think of marvel as the marvel disney brand Mm -hmm. remember that there are people who work for these companies who are excellent excellent and talented people and i think those are the people that are going to get their hands on this book and do it justice. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree. So, you know, as as towards the quality of it, we'll have to see when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the fact that people automatically jumped on the hate train. Because yeah. I feel like more Ultraman news and exposing more people to Ultraman is not a bad thing. Not at all. So this I'm is with definitely, you. yeah, definitely I am happy for this news because even if I don't like the comic book myself, if it gets Ultraman in the minds and hearts of more people, I'm happy. More sure. fans is never a bad thing. No, not at all. And so. b- backing up what you're saying there, there are, so, I work for, I won't give names or anything like that, but I work for mm-hmm. a company that makes certain decisions that I personally do not agree with, that I don't understand mm-hmm. their business practice. And it's it's very much in that same vein. Don't blame me for the decisions that higher-ups are making. I mean, for all we know, the people who made this deal initially were greedy. They saw a, right. a chance to make a buck. You can't blame the creators for that. They're just out there writing books. They They love this stuff. A lot of the people who are in this business now, they're, they're fans who grew up loving this stuff. And now mm. they're getting that opportunity, especially the guys who were behind this. I would have no doubt. They they grew up knowing what Ultraman was. They grew up knowing comics, story structure. Again, I'd love to know who's behind it because I guarantee you they are fans. First and foremost, yeah. beyond any shadow of a doubt. And they are going to take special care making sure that this is done right. I cannot yeah. imagine, like you said, Super I would have signed off on a handful of creators like, we don't really know what Ultraman is, but we'll give it a shot. No, no, no. They're going to f- make sure that they got the right people behind this. So, 
Right. Yeah, don't don't blame the people working on it. You, you if you want to point the finger, point the finger at the higher ups who are looking to make a buck. Right. And exactly. And I think that's, you know, like I said, a lot of the business practices that Marvel has gone through and done, um, I don't agree with. But a lot of that does seem to be the upper management. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Northrop Grumman. <laughs> Northrop. Was the, okay. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name. Because um, and it was back in 2017. Um that they that they did. I had to look it up on my on my uh, iPad. It says on Saturday, New York Comic Con uh, at New York Comic Con, Marvel was scheduled to do a splashy launch event announcing the crossover between the Avengers and Northrop Grumman, a notorious arms dealer whose stealth bombers and drones have been front and center in the U.S. campaigns of assassination in many theaters of war, declared and undeclared, in which uh, literally uncounted civilians have been collateral damage so it's like yes uh, they've made some controversial decisions and they've made some pretty bad choices Mm -hmm. in the past and i think a lot of that comes from the the head down but i think the lower people the creative side the actual ones that are creating it i think do a good enough job that we should at least be willing to hear them out you know with when it comes to to this and give it a chance Mm. um like i said now i would have preferred someone like boom studios or Mm -hmm. even idw yeah but i'm really surprised they didn't go with with one of those studios especially the one producing the godzilla comics right now because yeah yeah I, i mean they they seem to be doing a bang up job i'd love to read what they're doing yeah yeah well the thing is i don't even know if because IDW hasn't put out a new uh, Godzilla comic in quite a few years, so I'm wondering if IDW even still has the license for it. I right. they did, they mm-hmm. did for a long time, but I would be interested to find out because I haven't actually heard about them losing the license and it going to anybody else. So right. I would be interested in that. But I I do know the stuff that they did produce was great. Yeah. They mm-hmm. did a great job, and so, yeah, I would have loved to have seen it. But I understand, like I said, I understand Marvel is a bigger name, and so mm-hmm. you're going to reach more people. And, again, they might have reached out to a number of publishers, and Marvel just had the best ideas. And sure. Superai is like, we like your ideas and what to do, and so we're going to partner with you. Right. So, so we don't know. That's, <laughs> yeah, um, it does make me excited for a possible crossover with uh, the Japanese Spider-Man. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> to see the Japanese Spider-Man and Lepardon, his giant robot, crossover with Ultraman. Mm-hmm. I'd be all for it. <laughs> for sure. And you know, you know fans are going to be clamoring for it, so Marvel's going to take note. You just wait. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but okay, that's enough for that news. I, I just I had to go on my little rant about the stuff that I had been seeing. Um, but sticking with the Ultraman news, we have um, news that Shin Ultraman, which is the new Ultraman movie that was being that's being produced, mm-hmm. has finished its principal photography. The director, whose name I have, but I have to look up, uh, Shinchi. Higuchi. Sounds right. 
Shinji Higuchi has announced that Shin Ultraman has finished its principal photography. So we're going to be looking forward to getting a new Ultraman movie coming out. Shin mm-hmm. Ultraman. I guess that's the the target now over there. Shin whatever, right? Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, eh. I, it's no secret that I'm not the biggest fan of Shin Godzilla, so I'm hoping that this leans away from the Shin Godzilla style and more towards like a classic Ultraman, but mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. It, it's just a title, so it doesn't, right. you know. Um, we also talked about how they are uh, producing a new Ultraman anime, an anime, um, we had seen on Twitter that there was news coming out about this thing called Kaiju Decode mm-hmm. and from Subaraya. And no one knew what it was. Like they had no, they didn't release any news or anything about what it was other than it's going to be Kaiju related and that's it. Well, they just released, I think, earlier today or yesterday that. It's actually going to be an Ultraman series, and it's going to be produced by Toei Animation. Okay. And Toei Animation is the ones that do, like, Dragon Ball and a lot of those. I mean, they're, they're, they're a huge anime mm-hmm. company, so um, but they're the ones that's going to be producing it. So we're going to be getting that series, and we're also going to be getting the season two of the Netflix anime so we're getting a lot of ultraman he's making a comeback yeah yeah subaraya just they decided that they wanted to push ultraman and make him as big and well known in the rest of the world as he is in japan and as well known as godzilla and they are not holding back no not at all one other little tiny news story we have uh, our two little tiny news stories. We have uh, Gamera has officially turned 54 this year. Oh, boy. You're getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> we had the anniversary of the Gamera. The very first Gamera movie came out in 1965 on November 27th. So that's another anniversary so we have godzilla turning 60 or we had godzilla turn 65 and gamma turn 54 mm-hmm. on the same year <laughs> and then one little other thing somebody on twitter reached out to uh, michael doherty and uh, asked him to confirm a little easter egg that was in the king of the monsters movie from earlier this year uh there is a scene when they're showing the destruction of boston there's a boat that's torn up and mm-hmm. being shown, and the name of the boat is the Calico. And somebody asked, is that a reference to the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla series? Because the boat in that series was called the Calico, mm-hmm. and he gave them a thumbs up. So <laughs> I did see that, yep. Mm-hmm. Confirmation that, uh, <laughs> that the Monsterverse and the Hanna-Barbera-verse are the same. <laughs> Which means Godzuki's out there lurking somewhere. Godzuki! Oh, God. <laughs> Imagine Jeez. a MonsterVerse version of Godzuki. 
I just, I mean, there's a part of me that's curious, and another part's like, eh, do we need it? <laughs> like, please, for the love of God, no. <laughs> I mean, if you want to put him as one of those little titans off in the background, fine, but don't, don't put him front and center, flying by, looking at the camera. And, right. <laughs> no, just don't. <laughs> oh man! All right, so now we're getting to the main news that everyone's been waiting for Uh, everyone's been talking about we finally got news about kong versus godzilla or godzilla versus kong but it's not the news we were hoping for no steven do you want to take over for this one yeah because godzilla versus kong we still gotta wait an entire year (laughs) yep we thought we were what five six months away and no they're like now you're gonna have to wait an entire year so it will be november 2020 before we get to see godzilla and kong smackdown i'm so disappointed yeah so disappointed i yeah for anybody who's not aware if you're living under a rock or you're just not in the loop uh, WB and Legendary have confirmed that they have pushed back the release date for Godzilla vs. Kong to November 2020. So one whole year from now, eight months after it was supposed to be released. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about how there's not, you know, there's not a lot of marketing. There's not, and there's no trailer. Are they going to push it back? I think we've been kind of level-headed on the fact that, you know, they might push it back. They might not. We just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've really taken a strong stance either way on this podcast. We were we being hopeful. Hoped, <laughs> right. We've kind of hoped that they weren't going to push it back. Yeah. But um, it's not super surprising that they pushed it back. I'm not completely against the idea of them pushing it back if it's what they need to do to put out a decent film. Right. But the fan in me is like, no. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm trying to be positive. They need the time. They want to make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. And I think as you, we kind of said off, off uh, microphone, off the pod, it better be the best thing we've seen. Right. Oh, yeah. You're going to make me wait an entire year. Right. You better deliver. Yeah, you better. It better not be some... I mean, and I liked King of the Monsters, but it better be so much better than that. Right. It's got to improve on that because, especially if you're making me wait so long for Mm -hmm. it, it's like I'm going to be expecting something decent. I want to see full-fledged smashes and clashes between those two. No cutaways Mm -hmm. to humans or anything like that. I want to see them front and center going at it. That's it. Right. You know, and it better be more than 10, 15 minutes of screen time. I want to see a brawl, a full-fledged brawl. Yeah. And there's two funny things that have come out from this news that I thought, well, one is one is actually ha-ha funny. One is just kind of interesting. Uh, what's ha-ha funny to me is um, because I've kind of networked and, and I'm friends and or follow a lot of other giant monster podcasts mm-hmm. on Twitter. 
uh, a lot of them are like, well, that just means we have to redo our entire schedule to make sure that because <laughs> <laughs> we were planning our entire schedules around March being the release date. And now we have to redo our entire schedule. So mm-hmm. um, but the other thing was the director uh, went to Instagram and posted the artwork from the criterion mm-hmm. godzilla versus kong uh from the 60s uh he posted the artwork from that on instagram and said next november is going to be epic he better and, deliver <laughs> yeah he better deliver it better be epic but what's funny about that is news outlets across the internet have been going nuts about it saying oh the director has confirmed this and confirmed that and can all he said was next November is going to be epic. Yeah, and he just There's... used the newest piece of artwork that was available to him. He didn't say anything. Yeah, and it's and it's awesome artwork. So yeah. it's you know it's it's great. I understand why he would use it. There's no confirmation on anything. <laughs> he said one sentence, and people have written entire articles about what he might have meant mm. by it. And I'm like, he could have just meant that. He's looking forward to next November when the movie comes out. Right, like the rest of us. Yes. It's it, I just, it was so, it was funny and a little frustrating seeing people just hop on that of like trying to tear it apart and analyze everything that he said. And I'm like, it's all he said was it was going to be epic. Just that's it. Welcome to the internet. I uh, know. <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah. Oh, another whole year yeah. before we get. But at the same time, somebody did bring this up uh, on Twitter that now with this movie getting delayed, every movie in the MonsterVerse has been delayed. That's true. Uh, Godzilla 2014, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and now Godzilla vs. Kong have all missed their original release date. I wonder why that and is. And been pushed back. So, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of weird because the reason we even talk about or get excited about these release dates is because studios have now realized that, well, if we announce them ahead of time, people can get excited for them. Because mm-hmm. back in the old days, you didn't have that. No. They didn't come out and say, oh, we're go- we're planning on releasing this movie on this date and this date. You know, we just, we waited till the trailer started coming yeah. out. And you know what's funny? I mean, now that you kind of bring that up, it does make me go back and reminisce to old days when we didn't know anything, when the internet was, <laughs> wasn't was even a thing. Right. I remember, I think I had gone to see, and anyone listening may think that I did waste my money, which I probably did. I uh, went to go see Street Fighter in theaters. And oh my goodness. they played right before it a trailer for the Mortal Kombat movie. I didn't know this was a thing. And then it was just right. like Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, <gasps> and I'm just uh-huh. like, bah, bah, ah. and I was just uh-huh. like so stoked because I didn't know this was a thing. And there it is right. looking just like Mortal Kombat. I'm like, oh my God. So yep. imagine this. If we had no idea Kong versus Godzilla was coming out or Godzilla versus Kong. And then there was like, here's a trailer. I would have lost mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah. Yeah, if we had no idea that it was supposed to be released at a specific time, and then they just, you know, come out and said, oh, well, it, you know, we're going to have Godzilla vs. Kong in November 2020, we would have mm-hmm. been all excited. Yeah, 
For sure. So, and I, I think even Marvel is kind of learning from that because Marvel in the past has always, you know, announced, oh, these are the exact dates that these movies are coming out. Right. But now with like Ant-Man 3 they've talked about and uh, Black Panther 2 mm-hmm. they've talked about or, you know, they, they're like, we don't really have set release dates for these yet or they, they do, but they haven't said what they are. Right. Yet. So, you know, it's like, so I, I think movie studios are starting to learn that it's like, well, because of the nature of the beast, sometimes these release dates fluctuate because mm-hmm. of reshoots or because of other issues that come up. So maybe it's not a good idea to just announce it without having something already prepared. Right. <laughs> sure. So. And, uh, but, and Warner Brothers is kind of the worst of the worst when it comes to that when yeah. it comes to the dc movies and stuff they're yeah don't even get I mean, me how many started dc on movies have been an- <laughs> how many dc movies have been announced and how many have actually been made <laughs> there was an entire slate that never got made that it should have been made oh, yeah. by now that's the messed up yeah part. and that's not hating on dc or warner, warner brothers it's no. just stating that it's like yeah, Warner Brothers has a track record of not sticking to their original plans mm. for things. So maybe it's just safer for them to say, the movie's coming, and we'll tell you when it's coming when the trailer drops. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, but yeah, so we're still stick around, everyone, because we're going to be talking about the news, and we're going to have a whole year's worth of speculating to do mm-hmm. <laughs> there's build up all right so now we can jump straight into our main topic for this episode mm-hmm. last week i asked the trivia question which monster movie had the main human character using american sign language to communicate with the giant monster and we've had more people answer this question than any of the ones we've done yet nice so we have Jesse Wilson said Godzilla versus Megalon. He said, I know it's a Godzilla movie, but we all know Jet Jaguar is the main character and he clearly uses sign language to get Godzilla to show up in his own movie. Uh, it's questionable, <laughs> but okay. I see, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I like that one. I mean, I mean, I made the, I made the proclamation. Uh, that even if you get the question wrong, I'll still give you a shout right. out. So some, we're getting some funny ones now that <laughs> people are giving us. Um, Brian Stafford said Congo. Now uh, that one's yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah, that's not a bad guess because they do use sign language in that to communicate mm-hmm. with the gorilla. Um, but it's not giant monster because right. they're just gorillas. Um, but not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Better, the host of the Phil Better Show, the podcast, better. Uh, said in his typical uh, Jeopardy style answer, what is Rampage, also known as The Rock tries to take on a faint croc with a pellet gun? Good job, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Hamilton also answered with Rampage. Gary J. also answered with Rampage. So we've got a few 
people who got it right. That's right. Rampage is the movie we're going to be talking about. So yeah, we're talking about Rampage. It's a 2018 movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, oh, Naomi Harris, mm-hmm. Malin or Malin, Malin. Mm-hmm. Ackerman, Malin Ackerman. I could never, I never remember how to pronounce her name. Jeffrey Dean Morgan Whoop. and Joe Manganiello is in it too. Yes, sir. <laughs> For a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's directed by Brad Payton. Mm-hmm. So, um. Do you want to go ahead and do the plot breakdown for the movie? Sure. There's this evil corporation because all corporations are evil and they're creating some experimental chemicals in space and uh, something breaks loose in space and then canisters get thrown out of the space station and they crash land on Earth and they get exposed to animals, three specific animals that we're aware of. I'll just say that. And then these monsters, they start to have, well, monsters, these animals start to have these reactions and then they start to change and grow and become giant kaiju-esque monsters and start rampaging across the city because that's what giant monsters do. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's up to Dwayne the Rock Johnson to save the day. Of course. Who else would take yeah. on giant monsters but Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Exactly. And <laughs> my cat's making noise in here. Kitty, kitty. Daisy. Daisy. Podcast cat. Podcast. You want me to pick you? <laughs> you want me to hold you up to the microphone so you can say hi? Like, no. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, I'm having fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on this movie? Well... This this actually is one of those films that really fits on both of my podcasts, believe it or not, because it's essentially a video game movie, but it's also right. a kaiju film in its core essence. And mm-hmm. when I was tasked to talk about this when it first came out, I, you know, I was interested in it mainly because I love giant monster movies. So when I saw the trailer for this, I right. was like, I think I'm going to dig this. Because it's a giant yeah. monster movie, you know, and I really didn't get a whole lot of sense that they were trying to cram a video game movie into a, a monster movie. So I was just like, I'm, I'm going to try to look at this objectively in some way, because if you don't know, video game movies get the worst repu- They have the worst reputation. I'll just say that there's there are very few that people who are fans of video games can watch and say, this is solid. So I've, I've really had to find a way to, I guess, take a step back and look at everything from more objective eyes. This particular movie, I love it because at its core, it is a kaiju film and in any way you spin Mm. it, I don't care about whatever video game references they put in there. I, it doesn't matter. Because at its core, right. that's what it is. And I love that stuff. So when I started hearing t- reviews that were just, t- oh, this is stupid, and whatever they wanted to say, yeah. I was just like, no way, no way. This, at its core, is a kaiju film, and I love it. I have fun with it. Yeah. So. And I I think that's it's. I think that's the biggest thing about or maybe the biggest explanation of why this movie 
just didn't appeal to most people and why it got negative reviews mm-hmm. because you're you've got two things working against it you've got video game movies that typically do not get good reviews right. do not do well and you've got giant monster movies which are n- not always reviewed well mm-hmm. and don't always do well either so you've got these two things working against it that you know i just i didn't expect it to actually be a well-received movie right despite the quality of it mm-hmm. yeah i was really hoping people would give it a chance once they i mean obviously the rock is your draw so bring right. people in for that and i get why they would have cast him for that role because i think that was another criticism that i heard is like why is the rock working for a zoo why is he this guy wouldn't be doing that it's like yeah but you don't know that you don't know his life yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that, well that criticism just felt flat to me as opposed to just accepting they needed a star a an action yeah. star to draw people in yeah yeah oh yeah I, and, and i think for me the rock is the biggest thing about this movie that i like mm-hmm. um i i really enjoy this i am so disappointed that they did not make the rock grow gigantic and fight the monsters himself <laughs> i will i will say that was my fear <laughs> Oh man! Literally, I would have loved it. I was like, "Please don't do that," because I felt like that would have been the oh, one man. thing that was gonna just—it would have ruined everything as far as keeping people intrigued. I felt like that would be a step too right. far, and I was like, "Please don't do that. Just let George do it all, oh, because you're already man. making him the hero. Just let him let him take care of it." Now he does kind of fight, <laughs> but. Right. No, that was my fear. That was literally my fear because again, that's a video <laughs> game. That's that's part of the video games. In the video games, right. these monsters yeah. are human that become mm-hmm. monsters. So, it, yeah, it was right there in the back of my head. I was like, they're gonna, they're gonna do it. I'm just afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it. He would have been a giant rock. Yeah. He would have been a, a, a boulder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been interesting, oh, I suppose, but I just. I didn't want to see it. I was just like, no, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the monsters in this movie. So we've got three monsters. Well, four technically, but one just kind of briefly appears at the beginning. So the three main ones, mm-hmm. you've got George, who's a, a giant uh, albino gorilla. Right. You've got Ralph, who is a mutated wolf Mm -hmm. and you've got uh lizzie which they don't use her name in the movie no they don't but that's the character's name from the video game um who is a mutated crocodile or alligator i couldn't tell she's so mutated i can't really tell the difference between them now (laughs) um i the one that i liked the most was definitely lizzie yeah that design was so cool and i don't know if it's my i lean more towards godzilla versus kong you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like the lizard i like the reptilian ones more than the furry ones um but uh but yeah i definitely liked her design and was i crazy in thinking that she looked a lot like gorgo there are hints of it so I don't think that's too far-fetched yeah. to think. 
I really wonder if the designers, the ones who designed the creatures, uh, were fans of these like giant monster movies and and purposely threw in some Gorgo aspects because the fins on the side of her head, the shape of her head, everything like that really made me think of Gorgo. Mm. Now I can see that. So, yeah. So uh, what was your favorite monster or aspect of the monsters? Uh, I don't, I really, that's a hard question for me because they all <laughs> kind of stood out and were very unique in their own way. In fact, I actually appreciated that they tried to mix it up a little bit because obviously with George, he's just a giant albino gorilla. And I, I applaud right. them for actually going with the albino. And I think they and and they said that they actually changed that so people wouldn't think, well, it's just King Kong. So I, right. I, I definitely understand why you would why you would choose that. And it was a very smart move. But Ralph, the fact that they blended him with so many different aspect so he's not just a wolf he's kind of a flying squirrel he's a mm-hmm. porcupine and it, it really kind of right. lends itself to explaining that this this chemical that they were infected by really did alter their dna mm-hmm. now it does throw into question as to why george didn't necessarily right morph into something a little bit more gratuitous yeah and that was going to be my next question was how did you feel about the fact that george didn't really seem to gain any extra abilities he was just giant i guess i understand why you wouldn't want to make him uh a little bit more i guess you needed a relatable kaiju to root for and keeping him simple right and and as a just a regular large gorilla i can understand why you didn't do that because he is supposed to be our protagonist as far as the monsters go even though he does kind of get caught up in the the fights and stuff like that so I understood that. So, but overall, when it came to Lizzie and Ralph, I think I appreciated what they did with them more because they they mixed it up. They said, "Well, what could we do to really just create the wildest looking mm-hmm. monsters we could?" And they just threw everything they could to, that made sense to the to right. those characters. So, I mean, yeah, I like Lizzie, but I guess Ralph was a little bit more interesting to me just because he just seemed like he had a bag of tricks. Every time you turn around, he just whipped mm-hmm. out something new and was like, whoa, what is this? So he was he yeah, was pretty interesting. Yeah, when he, when he started, when he did the flying squirrel thing and uh, The Rock was just like, oh, of course he can fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, why yeah. not? It's like with the day we're having, of oh, course. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you can possibly no prize this uh, anybody who's not aware what that means um marvel comics used to give out uh no prizes mm-hmm. which was basically it was a non-existent prize for somebody who uh could come up with an explanation of something or it creates you know an idea it was just kind of a fun way if marvel used to do it so um you could kind of head canon the idea of why george didn't mutate because he was the only one that was given sedatives good point okay out of all Mm -hmm. of them so maybe the sedatives interacted with this you know genetic you know whatever and so he didn't actually mutate mutate he just grew big um but that's 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 coming up with it after the fact it's not it's not in the movie Mm. but uh but yeah, I think the real reason, like you said, is you don't want to make the main hero monster too monstrous. Right. 
you want him to be relatable and so keeping him just as a gorilla is yeah and and he and of the monsters he was the only one that had a human actor playing the character right right because the others were done completely cg but with george they used motion capture so uh they had him have some personality some human aspects to him so it makes sense for him not to be too mutated Mm -hmm. um do you want to get into our likes and dislikes sure our favorite parts um so we kind of went into a little bit of it, I think, with our, you know, talking about the designs of the monsters. Mm. But what's some bits that you liked in this movie? Uh, I guess the way they kind of explained everything, because we're talking about creating a story around a game that really doesn't have a story, which I right. actually would say is a smarter way to go. In some cases, if you want to mm-hmm. adapt something, just, I mean, you're taking the core idea of monsters smashing up a city. What do you turn it, how do you turn that into a movie? Go. And right. and design something around it. Now, it's worked in some cases. In other cases, it worked. A lot of people would argue that Super Mario Brothers did a terrible job at it. Right. I can argue in favor of the movie to a point. Because, again, we're not really working with a lot of ideas but again i'm not saying it was the best idea i'm at least trying to give them credit to a point to a point they they give them credit for doing something you know like off the wall different but i mean you don't have a lot to work with you're just like what are we gonna do mushroom kingdom how does that fungus cool run go right so i i give them credit for for at least trying to come up with something inventive now in this case you basically had all the the uh, ingredients for a proper movie, and they just kind of mm-hmm. built upon that a little bit. Uh, having The Rock relate to George, you made that character someone relatable, so we're introduced to that character. And as far as the other two, they really didn't matter because, I mean, story-wise, in right. the sense of trying to get to know them, we didn't need to know them. They're just they're the evil monsters. They get right. infected, boom, they're, they're they're running off. So. Creating right. this story, the the narrative that they did around what they had, it worked. So I, I applaud them for, yeah. for doing a well enough job for what they did and sticking to a lot of conventions that we see in a lot of these movies to where we have the human characters, but we also have to focus on our, our monster counterparts and, and just the nice blend that we had for both of them. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think this is a, a fun monster movie i as far as my favorite parts besides the design of of lizzie and the, the design of ralph i i thoroughly enjoyed the rock mm-hmm. anytime he was on screen it's just and that might be just him yeah you know it's just like i don't i don't think even in the worst movies that he's in i don't think he's terrible yeah. in them He's just got this charm about him, and I don't think it's any secret. I don't think that's some big revelation that we're coming up with for this no, podcast. No. <laughs> that the Rock is a charming guy. Right. <laughs> um, he's, but he really was my favorite part of the movie. I mean, he's he's an actor. Like I don't go out of my way to watch his movies unless something is drawing me mm-hmm. to it. And I and if I happen right. to watch that movie, he is a very enjoyable part of it. I mean, I loved. Uh, that Jumanji movie. I wasn't sure it would be anything good, but mm-hmm. he, he makes it along with the rest of the cast. It makes it yeah. fun. So yeah, yeah. He, he's a big draw. He's, he's got charisma that you just, you latch onto. Like I, re- he's really good, 
but again, not enough for me to yeah. want to watch all of his movies, but I do enjoy him in the movies he's in that I watch. Right. Yeah. He just, he's one of those people that just elevates whatever movie he's in because he, you know, just with his presence. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, you're going to enjoy at least one aspect of a movie that he's mm. in, even if it's, that's the only aspect of the movie you're going to enjoy, you know, at least you're going to enjoy his performance right. mm. in it. So, uh, so yeah, so I think he's my favorite part, part of the movie. Um, least favorite parts. What are some parts that you didn't like about this movie? I would probably say if I had a least favorite part to the movie, it would probably be the corporation uh, that they designed mm-hmm. because it just, I guess I like a little bit more subtlety in my evil <laughs> and they just seem yeah. like they were straight up just, well, we're, we're doing this and we're being bad doing it. And it was just right. like, yeah, but you, yeah. it could have been maybe a mistake and maybe you were trying to do something else and it just backfired. And, but no, they were just straight. Well, th- we did evil things and we're just going to continue yeah. on with this evil plot. And it, I guess I would have preferred something a little bit more, not to say that, they could be uh, given a pass for what they did, but maybe they weren't necessarily setting out to do what they did. So you're just like, it was an right. accident and they're, they're kind of being blamed obviously, but you could be like, well, right. you know, they didn't realize what they were doing and maybe they shouldn't have done it. And I don't know, just a little bit more subtlety to the villains versus just being straight outright diabolical, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I I think I enjoyed this movie a lot less than you did. Um cuz uh you seem to you know, you seem to mm-hmm. really enjoy it and be very positive towards it. And 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 I appreciate it for the giant monsters and appreciate it as a giant monster movie. I didn't really enjoy this movie as much though because it felt like it had an identity crisis. And I think the the tone in it is what is probably the part that I enjoyed mm-hmm. the least, or, or I really didn't okay. like, because it felt like with the with like you were talking about the corporation and the evil characters and some of the other characters in this movie, it seemed like it was more geared towards kids, like it's more a fun kids sure. movie. But then there are times when it's just really gruesome and intense mm-hmm. and, and, you know, violent and <laughs> unnecessarily violent and unnecessarily cruel. And I'm like, that's not kids for right. kids. So I feel like they were kind of competing against, I think it felt like there were two schools of thought here of this is a video game movie. Only kids enjoy video games. Not saying that's true. Right. I'm just saying that's probably the thought process. And and you're probably uh, not wrong considering the way studio heads think. Right. And so only kids are going to enjoy this this movie or this, you know, the, the video game movie. So make it more geared for kids. And then somebody else is like, well, no, this is a monster movie. Let's make this terrifying and uh, intense. And neither one of those are necessarily bad, but the two of them were just so at odds with each other in this movie. There's a scene in particular that I'm thinking of with um, Jeffrey Dean mm-hmm. Morgan and his character and how he, when in the last scene, he knows that 
the monsters are out there and destroying the city and he just lets the guy go in fact encourages him to go out there uh to be killed and it's like that just seems so unnecessarily cruel and unnecessarily and then when he when the guy dies and it's just a big huge blood splatter and it's like is this movie meant for kids (laughs) understood yeah (laughs) joe manganello joe manganello i love joe manganello Mm -hmm. and his character in this movie you know of course he didn't really get much to do but he was great but then that entire intense scene it's like that's a great scene but that is so at odds when you have the gorilla flipping off george or flipping off the Mm -hmm. the rock and and the other and how just cartoonish the bad guys were it's just like they're just you're either gritty and realistic or you know you're at least gritty and intense Mm. or cartoonish and silly and i just don't i don't think it 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 meshed understood no i can i can uh agree with you on that i I see where you're coming from because i think there was even a scene in the rampage that people kind of had an issue with and it, it made sense because this is supposed to be your yeah. hero, but at the same time, you're you're trying to think, well, he's under the, the I don't want to say spell, but the control of the evil corporation right. with their signal and whatnot, where you see George kind of doing a scene from the video game where he reaches into a building and eats someone, and you're like, oh, but that's, that's our right. hero monster. So, right. yeah, I, I, I can see where that could be a little jarring, but you try to look at it from the narrative point of view. Well, he's, he's under the control, but it does cause right. conflict. I do understand that. Yeah. And, and I think once they get to Chicago and pretty much everything in Chicago, that was the monsters and the action scenes was mm-hmm. great. And I, I loved it. I mean, that was my favorite part of the movie. So I, 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 I enjoyed that movie. But everything else, like I said, it was just seemed like there was just two schools of thought that were at odds, and I just can't, I couldn't get. But once they got to the actual monsters destroying the city and going on a mm-hmm. rampage, I was happy. I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. So, so I'm not going to necessarily say this is a terrible movie, but I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as you did, and probably as much as I would have if it was if it seemed like one singular vision right. instead of this kind of mishmash. Mm. No, I can, I can respect that. I get it. But I am interested if it does get a sequel, where they would go with the sequel. If I had a guess, like if it were up to me, which it's not, but if it were up to me, mm-hmm. um, I would probably dig around in the other characters that they have uh, d- created in other rampage games, other giant monsters. I know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of sort of uh, like they didn't specify yes absolutely that's what that was but i'm sure it was an easter egg the first monster that we mm-hmm. see on the space station it was a rat oh, yeah. there was a rat and right. an atari version of one of the rampage games mm-hmm. so that's no doubt a wink and a nod to that character so right there are others and other versions of rampage so why not scoop them up and put them in and yeah there'll be a, another rampaging yeah set of monsters and maybe George has to go save the day again with the rock something to that effect I don't yeah know. I yeah and I would like to see more of the human 
characters being mutated into the monsters instead like the way yeah. that the games actually were instead of just animals um i actually would be kind of interested to see them pursue that right. route uh and, and as much as i you know have kind of bagged on it and said i didn't really enjoy the movie that much i would watch a sequel yeah. i would I mean, it was uh, it was fun enough and there were enough things in it that appealed to me as a giant monster fan as a kaiju mm -hmm. fan that i would come back and watch a, a sequel yeah. i mean i think it would be fun and that would be a fun way to kind of change things up so it's not just repeating what you did you're, you're still messing with mm -hmm. that chemical and maybe this time it has a reverse reaction to where it mutates a human into some creature mm -hmm. so yeah that would be kind of fun yeah 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 um so moving into fun mm -hmm. facts do you have any fun facts you want to bring up uh well, about this we've movie? we've shared a few here and there uh that i had written down mm -hmm. i think one in particular that i found quite amusing because i remember i'm pretty sure that i reported on this on my other podcast when this happened because it was just if if you're familiar mm -hmm. with one of the I'd say one of the main reasons video game movies have such a bad rap now why there are so many bad ones is because of a director by the name of Uwe Boll oh. and okay, he has yeah. made some of the worst movies and I don't yeah. even care if they were just video game related movies he's done a lot of them which again mind-boggling you make one bad one why would you continue to give this man money to make more but he yeah. is the most arrogant director I've ever seen in my life. And in this case, his arrogance shines because he tried to threaten Warner Brothers with a lawsuit because he had a movie that he did called Rampage and he was afraid that people were going to confuse his crap movie <laughs> with yeah. this movie. Yeah. And there's no... <laughs> he really thought right. that their movie was going to ruin the reputation his movie would never make money again it's like dude your movie did not make money at all already and it's been out for a right. while like at least what when did this movie come out to 2018 okay so yeah, it was almost 10 years since he made his movie there's mm. no dude you've you've already banked all you're gonna bank off your movie but he had the arrogance to think that he was going to sue warner brothers over this and they were just like no nah, i don't yeah. think so dude yeah, and the the comments that he made, and and uh, <laughs> I am generally a positive person. I feel like I, I, you know, sometimes I'll be a little negative on things, but for the most part, I'm a positive person. I definitely believe in giving people the benefit mm -hmm. of the doubt. Um, Uwe Boll is somebody I absolutely hate. I just I hate him with every fiber of my being. He disgusts mm -hmm. me. He is just human garbage. And just, I hate <laughs> his, just his face. His face alone is just, I hate it. Very punchable. Um, yes. And, and, and people have tried and he's fought mm -hmm. back um, because he tends to, when uh, people, when critics used to when critics didn't like his movie he'd say well come and fight me and i'll fight you over it and it's like yeah he just and but the comments he made about rampage about this rampage and how it was like oh it's just furthering the whole idea of 
uh, America as a warmongering thing. And it's like, yeah, okay, so it's not good to put out this movie that furthers the military-industrial complex agenda, but yet your Rampage movie is about a guy who gets upset one day and just decides to go on a killing spree. It's like, yeah, do you really think that movie is uh, better suited for today's climate than... This yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. At least there's a, a break in fantasy with this one, you know, where his could be true. Yeah. And he made three of them. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Have you have you read the, because this is from another podcast that uh, that I, I listened to. They They talked about this same bit of news, and it was hilarious. Have you read the descriptions on IMDb for... Uh, Uwe Boll's Rampage movies. I believe I did. I couldn't tell you what they are, but I remember when this dropped, I was like, well, let me let me see what his movies are. And I was like, what? So please enlighten us yeah. because I, I would like a refresher. So, yeah. So the, the original Rampage movie, a man with a thirst for revenge builds a full body armor from Kevlar and goes on a killing spree. Yeah, that's... But then the second Rampage movie that Uwe Boll did... The description of it <laughs> is my favorite because it says, uh, this is Rampage Capital Punishment. A man takes over a TV station and holds a number of hostages as a political platform to awaken humanity instead of money. Uh, okay. What? <laughs> okay. Just instead. Not, not money. money. <laughs> and so, what even is this? This is on IMDb. <laughs> it's so terrible. Oh, I hate that man so and, and much. And backing up the arrogance <laughs> claim, is like you said, he, he has threatened to fight people for not liking his movie. That, I mean, how arrogant mm-hmm. can you be that you're going you're willing to fight someone because they don't like your movie? Look, I've done some stuff before that I know right. may not be top quality. I'm not willing to fight somebody just because they don't like it. I'll, ex- I'll accept their criticism right. and be like, yeah, you're right. Right. So, yeah. What a putz. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, human mm. garbage. Just the absolute worst. Um, so, moving yeah. on from that, <laughs> um, a trivia, uh, little trivia th- fact uh, about this movie that I enjoyed, I appreciated. Um, they used American mm. Sign Language in it to communicate both um, The Rock and George. Uh, I'm actually fluent in okay. American Sign Language. Uh, and so that was really interesting seeing them actually communicate in that way. Um, one thing that I really appreciated in it was, uh, if, if anybody's not aware of how sign language works, you, you can spell out your name, but you are also given a Mm -hmm. sign name, which is a, a particular sign that is you, it's your name. It represents you. And, the rock uh his character's name is davis mm-hmm. okoye but his sign name in the movie is yeah. rock and so he would say it's me davis it's me davis but in sign language what he was saying is it's me the rock it's me the <laughs> Which rock <is> awesome. <laughs> and yeah and so i thought that was kind of cool so it's like oh when i'm watching this uh yeah, and I'm actually watching the sign language. He's, you know, he's actually calling himself the Rock and not calling himself a 
uh, you know, his character's mm-hmm. name. So I thought that was funny. Sure. Uh, just a little tidbit. Right. Um, we also had a scene in the evil corporate office. We saw an original Rampage uh, uh, video game in the background. Yeah. One of the big cabinet video And that, games. Was, that was another one of those uh, criticisms so that, little... that I heard where people were just like, so what? The game exists in the movie? It would kind of, like, it's like, dude, just let it go. They don't make it a plot point. It's yeah, just a little that's... Easter egg. Just let it go. That's yeah. a small thing. That's a small thing. And, and, and to be fair, if I was the head of an evil corporation and I was naming my, you know, science projects and stuff i would name them after video sure. games and movies that i like so why not yeah <laughs> that was like the least that is the most realistic thing in the movie is a nerd who has money decides to name his evil plan after something mm-hmm. nerdy it's like hey that arcade game we got so, that's it that's your name yeah so uh yeah that was but it was a little sure. nice little easter egg um, any other uh, trivia or fun facts that you want to share? Uh, the last one that I've got, I, I felt like if you're a fan of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which I really didn't give him a lot of credit. I like him. I mean, he's he's one of those actors that I do like seeing uh, him being in this movie. Yeah. I think he was pretty enjoyable. Um, yeah. He, he actually uses a gun in this movie that is the mm-hmm. actual gun that his character uses in the show Supernatural. Now, I, I don't watch Supernatural. Mm-hmm. My wife is a huge yeah, fan of it. So she would probably uh-huh. recognize it before I would, but it was the exact same gun that he uses in that show. So if you're a fan of that, you might be able to pick up on that. So I thought that was kind of a nice little yeah. reference. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I don't. I don't watch Supernatural, but I knew there had to be something unique about that gun because it was so prominent in his scenes, mm-hmm. and it's such a unique looking thing yeah. that it's like oh, that. That must be something and i just don't know what it is i'm right. not getting the reference <laughs> so but yeah he is he is one of the characters i did enjoy in the movie mm-hmm. too um i don't think he had as much to do in the movie i think they could have done more with him but i did enjoy yeah you know, the parts that he was and now how he was he was a you know government guy but he wasn't evil yeah you know, he's like, yeah, we're we're coming here. We're trying to take charge because we're the government and we're that's our job. But at the same time, it's like I'm not gonna, you know, stop you from trying to help out and stop these monsters. Like we still have the same goal, right, in mind of stopping these monsters. So we're gonna work together. So I kind of liked that. It was it was less cliche than other monster movies, yeah, ha- you know, are. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion of Rampage. Oh, well, before we do that, let's give our um our Godzuki rating. I see one week. We take one week off of giving Godzuki <laughs> scores, and I'm just like ready to move yep. on. So, how many Godzukis out of five would you give this movie? Well, like I have really shined on this movie for whatever reason. There's just something about it, and maybe it's because I'm I'm kind of defending it from both fronts, kai, kaiju and, and video games. So mm-hmm. I guess that's that's why I have a little bit more affection for it, and that's why I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a four. Oh, nice. Nice. I am not going to be as generous with that's it. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. No. I love when we have a divergence. Yeah, I mean, I and I fully appreciate what you're saying, and I definitely think that 
it's a fun movie. It's def it, it's really fun to watch. Mm. But I had too many issues with it. I I had too many problems with the with the tone and with the just weirdness that was in it that I just I can't give it any more than maybe I'll give it a three. Fair enough. I was I'm going back and forth between two and a half and three. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go with three. Three Godzukis. Because I did have fun mm. with it. Despite all of its faults. That's fair. So it is watchable. Yeah. It's for completely sure. watchable. But yeah, three Godzukis for me and four from Steven. So you guys, uh, if you've watched this movie and you have an opinion on it, please tweet us at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter or email us kaijuweekly at gmail.com and let us know what your thoughts on the movie is because uh, I'd be interested to hear what everyone else's thoughts are. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so speaking of which, let's dive into the mailbag for this week. As far as our mail is concerned, we have a couple of messages that we can read out. One, uh, last week I talked about how Michael Hamilton, who is the moderator for the Facebook group Kaiju Groupie, mm-hmm. uh how he had reached out to us and gave us a few questions and we only read one of his questions last week. So I'm going to read another one of his questions that he sent us uh, this week. Okay. So uh, Michael says, Hey fellas, in your opinion, what films from each era, the Showa, Heisei, Millennium, Reiwa, uh, all the different eras, would you recommend to a brand new Kaiju fan so that they can have a crash course in all things Godzilla and his rubber-suited friends and foes. Anything outside of Godzilla is welcomed also, but we all know, hashtag Godzilla wins 2020. Thanks in advance, Michael Ham- Hamilton, the Kaiju Groupie. Hmm. So, do you have an, do you have something already in mind uh, for this one, or uh, do you need time to think? I'm bouncing around on a few... Um... If you've got some, go ahead. Okay. Um, the movie that I tend to lean towards whenever I'm introducing people to Godzilla is Godzilla 2000. Okay. Godzilla Millennium. Uh, because it is beginning to end all out Godzilla. It is so much fun. Godzilla fights another monster, so it's not just him by himself. Mm -hmm. The characters are fun. The story is fun. And you don't have to have any pre-existing knowledge of Godzilla to enjoy it. You can just go in and just fully enjoy the craziness, the adventure, the action of a Godzilla movie to its fullest extent. I think that it is the epitome of what a... Godzilla movie can be as a as an introduction right to it I don't think I don't I, I in my opinion I don't think you could do any better introducing someone to Godzilla than Godzilla 2000 um, but but what's what's your opinion on it though I mean I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward that as well because if if the main goal is to introduce someone completely new to the idea of what these movies mm-hmm. can be because they they really go all 
over the spectrum, if you really think about it. You've got right. ones that are very serious. The subject matter is very serious. Despite having a man in a giant rubber suit, you mm-hmm. you have to look at the context, and then you get into more action-oriented, you get into more kid-friendly, uh, mm-hmm. hokey, cheesy, and then we kind of go back into the seriousness again. Right. If, if you really wanted to pinpoint something that's middle ground that could hit all those beats... I kind of have to agree with you that that actually is not a bad choice because all of the other ones you would have to have pre-existing knowledge you would either hit one side of the wall or the other that one yeah right. you're you're spot on with that assessment I believe because I can't really think of another Godzilla film that would really be a middle ground movie that doesn't yeah. sway one way or the other so yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Godzilla 2000 is kind of a, a great middle ground movie. Yeah, and, and from personal experience, too, I have uh, introduced people to Godzilla through that movie, and it has you know worked out, and they want to see more. Mm-hmm. And so then you can kind of ease them into some of the more weirder, bizarre ones or some of the more serious and dark, darkly toned ones. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like you said, it's kind of just the middle of the road that kind of would it's it has broad appeal. Right. It appeals to people, you know, who like the darker tone or a more fun adventure tone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted to expand on Michael's question. So I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm don't plan on being a parent anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I know you're you're a parent, mm-hmm. so when it comes to introducing your child to Godzilla, which I'm thinking you're planning on doing at some point, have done, <laughs> have done. Oh, have done. Mm-hmm. So, what did you use to kind of uh, appeal to them? I mean, it really depended on their age. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna show my age, but also a lot of history in this. I have uh, kids ranging from 21 to five. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of history there, but we're not going to get into that. Now, all of my kids yeah. know who Godzilla is. Now, whether or oh, not wow. they like Godzilla or not, it's they seem to like it to a point. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't say that they're uh, absolutely crazy about all of them like I am, but right. I think that there are some that they can watch. Like, I would probably say my. Kids in their teens probably would appreciate King of the Monsters. It just came out because it's more Hollywood. It's more effects driven and stuff like that. Um, But I have, there was a time when uh, I was collecting all these movies and they were becoming more available when they were younger that we would do uh, Monster Movie Sunday. So Sunday morning, put in a movie and we just kind of go down the list. And sometimes there would be ones that I would notice that, kind of keep their attention more than others because obviously they don't really care about the, you know, deeper meaning of Gojira or anything like that. They're just like, this is a movie right, in black yeah. and white. Where's the color? Where's the action? Bah. Right. Yeah. But then when you get into something more action oriented and fun, like Godzilla vs. Megalon or Gigan, they're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in it. I'm in it. So, yeah. I really, I, I guess, try to cater to their age because if you can, you've, if it's meant for kids, they're going to dig it. Probably, I would say, right. if if they watched any of them more than any of them and really paid attention at their younger age, Godzilla's Revenge 
I have no oh, doubt yeah. caught their eye, you know, because that's mm-hmm. just nothing but full on monster fights, monster fights, monster fights. And it's for kids. Right. Uh, but the older they've gotten, uh, I actually, when I got my criterion collection, I gave mm-hmm. uh, the original versions that I had of, uh, the Showa Godzilla films to my 20 year old. Mm-hmm. And she was just over the moon. She was like, Oh my God, thank you. Oh, wow. So, I say, could see that she appreciates them on a level that we do. So yeah. I think it's, well, I, it's it's one of those things that uh, they just grow to appreciate over time. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason I ask is because in the Star Wars fandom, mm-hmm. that question gets asked a lot. How do you expose your kids to Star Wars? Do you expose them the same way that we might have been exposed to it, the original trilogy and then the prequels? Or do you, you know, expose them, go prequels than original trilogy than new trilogy and so you know that question gets asked a lot and so i thought well you know this is a good opportunity to kind of talk about how would we do that with godzilla movies mm-hmm. because we kind of have the same situation we have original movies we have new movies we have you know different eras and so i was just kind of curious about that from a parent's point of view how would you i know for me the first Godzilla movie that I remember being exposed to, and I kind of inherited my Godzilla fandom from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first movie I remember watching was Godzilla versus Ibra or Godzilla versus the sea monster. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, on the more kid friendly side of things. Right. So I think you're absolutely right that if it's meant to appeal to kids, then it will appeal to kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Build so, up to uh, it. You know, you get into the serious stuff over time. They'll, they'll appreciate it when the time is right. Yeah. But, but as far as just like a just one particular movie that's middle of the road that I think would appeal has broad appeal to everyone, Godzilla two thousand I think is is still the one that I would choose to. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think that's that's a very fair assessment. Yeah, and then uh, I also had a message through Facebook from Brian Stafford, um, and he just gave us a quick thing. Um, he said he said despite uh, me he, talking to me particularly uh, despite you disliking Colossal I would like to hear an episode on it I more or less enjoyed it so I think it would be fun so he gave us a nice you know episode uh, suggestion there nice. for the movie Colossal with Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Zdeikis. Um he's also trying to think of a good comic book to suggest for us to review on here so uh we uh, <laughs> will be in. He'll be in touch with that with a good comic book suggestion because we we're open to doing comic books. We're not just you know movies and TV shows. Yeah, I I've honestly gotten out of reading comic books quite a bit, and I, I I'm disappointed by it. The more I think about, like I I actually have currently a subscription to the Marvel Unlimited because I I loved being able to catch mm-hmm. up to all the comics that I was missing, and for for the longest time I would just. I'd pick a title and I'm like, where did I last leave off? And then just start reading and just go through issues upon issues of these books. And now I'm starting to realize I'm paying for something that I don't really use. And it's not that I don't want to. I just don't have the time or I don't ever think about it when I do. And it's disappointing. I love comic books. So, yeah, I would be down for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. Um, I had I've kind of come in and out of comic books 
uh, over the years, and uh, I got the Marvel Unlimited subscription so that I could try to catch up on it, and then kind of drifted out of it again. So yeah, I I, I go back and forth on it like like that, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, we're definitely gonna we're gonna get into um into some more comic books, and our question for the next week's episode actually does involve comic books Mm -hmm. so um before i get into that i just want everyone i want to reiterate to everyone that if you have an email that you want to send us to give us your thoughts or your reviews or anything like that you can email us at kaijuweekly at gmail.com you can also tweet us at kaijuweekly on twitter either one of those we'll read it and we'll give you a shout out um also like i said with the trivia question if you even if you don't get the answer right, we'll still give you a shout out. So go ahead and give it a try. See if you can answer the question. Um, the question for next week's episode is what monster movie had a sequel in comic book form drawn by Spider-Man co-creator Steve Ditko? Mm. So there we go again with the comic book. Mm-hmm. Comic book. Um, and then the only other thing we've got to do uh, before we close out this episode is we have an iTunes review. So Ooh. that's another thing that if people want to help out the podcast, if they want the podcast to reach more people, please review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think. We'll read it out. We'll give you a shout out at the end because we love hearing the interaction from from you. So I will go ahead and read out this New iTunes review. It's from Miss Cat's Mom. And it's uh, the title of the review is Newbie Learning a Lot. And it says, I love this podcast. I have never been a big fan of giant monster movies for the most part, but this podcast puts a new spin on them for me. I think it is the true love of it from the podcasters that comes through as well as them being willing to explain simple things that true lovers would already know, but newbies like me don't. And then she says, I also love the Southern accents. <laughs> <laughs> so keep up the good work. Well, we love, we love talking we in all Southern accents. Boy. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny on my other podcast, uh, one of my other co-hosts, he was always known as the Southern one. So somehow uh, I was I was getting away from that. I'm like, are they talking about me? And I was like, no, it's the bearded one. And I was like, oh, okay, good, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have a super strong Southern accent, but every once in a while, certain words you know will come through, and I'll I can I can really dial it up. I can definitely talk in my Southern accent. When I get angry, that's when it comes out. It's like, boy, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, boy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's me too well, thank you for that review that was uh, my nice. my yeah that was a that was a wonderful review my liberal use of the word y'all is probably the most southern y'all. thing for me <laughs> i mm. remember having y'all a conversation about. yeah i had a conversation with somebody and i said well it's y'all's fault y'all didn't think that y'all would know and i was just like i had like four <laughs> y'alls in the same sentence and i'm like that's peak southern <laughs> mm-hmm all right but yeah yeah so that was a great review and uh we give a good shout out to that and like we said if anybody else wants to review us please do it and so that's going to do it for this week's episode of kaiju weekly and to close out the episode i'm going to say uh help control the giant monster population have your 
giant rocks uh, spayed or neutered <laughs> we'll see you next time guys that'll be fun yeah yeah <laughs> bye guys